Hello, and welcome to the Virtual CISO Chronicles podcast, where I interview a virtual CISO about their work and life. I'm your host, Caroline McCaffrey, one of the co-founders of ClearOps, which provides software to virtual CISOs that helps them grow and scale their businesses. As experts in this field, we have met hundreds of security consultants, and we keep our fingers on the pulse of the industry. My background is in law with a focus on data privacy and cybersecurity, but I also have a long career working with startups. In fact, my parents had their own business which is why I love learning about how people build businesses. So I started this podcast to feature interesting people in cybersecurity to talk about their passions, entrepreneurship, and business. If you don't know what a virtual chief information security officer is, then these professionals are security experts who help, who offer consulting services to companies. Sometimes they're referred to as fractional CISOs. Our guest today is Sherry Hotman from the Hotman Group. Thank you so much for joining me, Sherry. I am so looking forward to this podcast. Absolutely. Thank you, Caroline. Likewise. So to get us started, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and please include something that is non-security related. <laughs> well, I'm Sherry Hotman. Very nice to, of course, we, you and I know each other, but nice to be having this chat. Yeah. I am a Texan. I'm very proud of my Texas roots. So we live in Fort Worth, Texas. We love to hunt. Uh, we have a hunting golden dog and some other fur babies. And so we like to have a good time and hang out. That's the that's the that's the reason we work so hard, right? Is to do all of that. But yes, then I very much yeah. love uh, security, compliance, risk, all those fun disciplines and really helping companies like build out their programs, manage their programs, mature and scale, satisfy their customers, and just all the, the good stuff that comes along with that field. Okay. So take us back to your, just take, take us through your career. Where did you get started and how did you get to where you are today? That's funny. So I actually have my degree in accounting and I, I have my CPA license and that's kind of, you know, when you're in your twenties, you kind of think you'd know what you want to do, but you pretty much don't. And so I <laughs> went down that path and it was, it was fine, but quite honestly, it's, it's always served me well. I've always been a tech person. So my career was pretty much in it and I, I grew up in that, in those ranks, but then a lot did a lot of my work for financial services and banking because I have my CPA license and because I had that kind of business mindset. So it really did serve me well. And then come the birth of the security discipline, come the birth of the GRC and compliance and, you know, not through any planning of my own, really, I was very well positioned to then start to bring that into the tech space. You know, funny, Sarbanes-Oxley, I always say, thank you, Houston, Texas, Enron, did us all a favor, right? Um, not in a very great way. I'm not proud that that happened in Texas, but it kind of brought this whole idea of risk and controls and monitoring and having those good governance practices in place. And it really break, broke that open then into the tech space. Mm. And of course, cybersecurity became more and more of a thing. I remember studying that stuff back in college for my accounting degree. And then, you know, fast forward X number of years later, here it all came full, full circle into the tech space. Yeah, that's, it's really interesting that you got your start in finance and then found your way into IT and security um, specifically. When you say that you worked in IT, what does that mean to you? Yeah, so I was a developer. I actually, you know, did coding for many years and then did some DBA work and then, you know, moved into kind of the project management ranks of IT. So I my okay. career 
pretty much always been in tech. And then that's where it started to shift into, you know, project management is a certain governance element. And then that started to open up really the, the risk and compliance space. I mean, a combination of finance, IT, development, coding, and cybersecurity. I mean, not many people have both the the you know the technical side, the finance side, the auditing side, and the security side. I mean, I mean, I mean, first of all, I don't know how you do it, but secondly, <laughs> it, it's so it's such an interesting like combination of skills. Yeah. And I'm just so curious as to how you how you apply some of your very, very practical hands-on experience to the sort of 360 view program um, work. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, first of all, I like technology. I'm just, oh, I'm a nerd. I'm still a tech nerd when it comes <laughs> down to it. I, I do, obviously, for my own sanity and running a business, I do have to remove myself really from the details of the tech because I, I'll just get buried and lost there. And so I, I can't really do that. Uh, but I, do, I still just do have a, a tech mindset. And I think that's really important for how we serve our clients because every company is like trying to figure this stuff out. And, and a lot of times this gets dumped in the lap of the security and the tech people. They don't, they don't know about it. They don't care about it. They don't want to know about it. They, they know it's important. <laughs> a lot of them, they, they know they need to plow through. And I, I think that's where we, you know, get some really good synergies as I'm able to, to really work with those tech people and those security people, obviously, you know, they have way more technical knowledge than, than I do, but at least we're able to like have a conversation and I'm able to understand where they're at. And then, and then, you know, this, this space is changing every minute, cybersecurity, changes, GRC changes, compliance changes, our customers' expectations change, like everything is changing. And so it's this constant process of kind of staying on top of this. The technology is changing. I left out that very important part too. And so it's trying to bring like all of that together. And while, you know, I definitely, you know, my side of the camp is the compliance, the risk, the, you know, overall governance of your, the cybersecurity program. But I work with the people who are down in the weeds of the technology and security and trying to make their, their businesses safe. And we got to like bring that together. And then by the way, customers are nipping at all of our heels of, are you safe? Are you safe? Are you secure? What are you going to do for me? And so all of that, just, we have to bring it together. So I, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't, put myself on them, their level technical wise, but I definitely have that wherewithal and understanding to understand the challenges they have. And so we can work to bring it all together. And I have a great, a lot of fun doing it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so that makes me want to ask you for the Hotman group, yep. do you have a certain type of client that you, that you prefer to, to like, who do you work with? I guess is a more general way of asking this question. <laughs> yeah. So we predominantly are mostly work with a lot of CISOs, quite honestly, um, you know, or they don't have to have that title per se, but the one who's responsible for security for the company. And mm -hmm. those people typically have two and three jobs already. And so they're overworked, they're overwhelmed, 
They're trying to stay on top of things. And so it's a great partnership to support them with this other side of, you know, the governance and the program to, to bring that to them. And then I will say this, and this, especially with your background and knowing you, Caroline, this will make you laugh so, so much, but it's so true. Our, our, our sweet spot is customers with integrity, which immediately you should say, well, duh, everybody. No, that's just not true. These companies that are trying to like check the boxes and get things done as quick as possible and you know, oh, I can just download this and I'm done. And that that really is lacking a an integrity toward the stewardship of running a business. And so my favorite, favorite, favorite clients are just these technical people who are really, they have every intent of doing the right thing and they're trying, but they just, there's only so many hours in a day and really being able to come along, come alongside and augment their efforts and just, you know, help elevate them to that next level. Yeah. I mean, yes, it does make me laugh. I mean, I, I had an experience with security questionnaires specifically where someone said, Hey, <laughs> Caroline, I want you to make sure that I answer them all. So I pass a hundred percent and hundred percent. And I was like, um, it will house your security program because you know, this has nothing to do with me passing you. It's your, you passing you. Yes. Um, and, and it is, it has, there is some chalk check box checking, Yes, that goes on, unfortunately, as you said. So with that, with that kind of framework in mind, what do you see in terms of um, how companies are moving? How does a company move from sort of having a check the box mentality and security to being a little bit more of a, I want to be proactive and have a security program that actually not only helps me pass these customer reviews, but makes me more secure. Yep, exactly. So I say this all the time to clients, MVP, minimum viable product. There is nothing wrong with achieving MVP first. I highly recommend it. We have to give our customers assurance that we're doing what we need to be doing, but nobody expects 100%. That's just, it's not realistic. There's not enough manpower. There's not enough money. There's not enough time. Like those are all very fixed resources. So when a company is moving out of the, oh, well, I just checked the box. I'm good to, hey, wait a minute. I actually want to be a good steward of my business. Hey, wait a minute. I actually want to be secure. Uh Uh-oh. And they start to move and they start to realize that there's more to this thing than checking a compliance box. I, I tell them, first of all, we preserve MVP. Like we don't ever want to disturb the trust of our customers. So we can Continue that. If you haven't achieved that, achieve that. Get a sock too. Do what you got to do. Like we got to, we got to provide assurance, but then you don't stop there. And then what I always tell companies is this is such an iterative process. It's a journey. It is not, there is no done. It is a journey. And so if you try to take on, you know, like I'll talk to companies who are like, we have 400 controls. We need to get all 400 controls done. Okay. Well, if you can't do 20 controls, well, you can't do 400. So let's, let's get 20 done. Well, let's develop a process. Let's make them sustainable. Let's help control owners understand the responsibility. Like let's get those processes established. Then we scale from there. And so I'm very much about iteration, about sustainability, and then building this foundation that we scale, that we can, that then we can just grow and mature and just keep the process going. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, great what you're doing and I am so glad that we met and I and I am very curious how did you go about deciding to open up your own business like let's move to the entrepreneurship part of this discussion 
yeah, I mean, I did decide, but it is funny how life just kind of takes you in this journey. Um, Basically, I was in corporate, you know, for many years of my career, and I'm very grateful for my corporate career. But as as we hear so much in the world, you know, I quite frankly, I just kind of got tired of corporate, you know, and I think especially a lot of the younger people um, out there, you know. It, corporate is a beating, quite honestly, and and it, and it can be difficult. And, you know, there's a lot of kind of levels and rigor and, and all of that. And I, I really just got to a point where I'm like, you know what, I really like, I love what I do. I just want to help people. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to do this. I just want to do what I do. I don't want to deal with all this other stuff. And so, so that was really it. I had a um, executive level uh position at a at a bank at a very you know well-respected bank financial institution and I was like you know what I think I'm just done and I really just want to do what I do and just focus on that and so I left in 2016 and that's where I started the Hotman Group and so we've just grown since then and I would never go back and undo that decision it doesn't mean it was easy along the path it doesn't mean it's easy still today oh but my goodness I tell you there's nothing like getting to work with like amazing people and getting to come alongside and support them and then look back and see that they were here and now they're here and I, there's just there's just no no greater joy I, I love it I would not go back to corporate at this point and I think that's it comes out from the way you talk, I mean, even with just what you're just saying before about the, you know, do 20 controls really great before you try and tackle four or, you know, if you're tackling 400, <laughs> that you love the part about helping people. So what's been the hardest part of running your own firm? Yeah. So the hardest part is I love the work, but there's so much more to running a business than the work. I mean, you know this. There's marketing, there's finance, there's all this other stuff, there's sales, there's, you know, talking, I mean, it's just endless, right? And when you're, when you're on your own, when you're a solopreneur, which I'm not anymore, but when you're a solopreneur, oh my gosh, you do everything, which means you're working nights and weekends. Um, You know, now we've, we've grown and I'm not that, which is very grateful and have some really great folks on the team. But the reality is the buck stops with me, right? I mean, you know that it's the same with you. If if nobody else is doing it, I get to do it, whatever it is. And so that's the hardest part is really balancing that because there really is no focus just exclusively on the work because there's so many other things to do. Thankfully, my business partner, who's also my husband, takes on a lot of that, which is monumentally helpful. And I can really focus on clients and, you know, we're a boutique firm. We value quality like a lot. And so really Mm -hmm. providing that quality service, not just the same rinse and repeat service, check the box. You can go get, you know, a hundred over. We, we are very deep with our clients, deep trust, deep quality. And so I, I want to focus there and I do mostly focus there. So it's nice to have some additional help for that. But that is the hardest part of running a business is you're responsible for everything. Ultimately, I say the, you know, the, the blank rolls uphill, right? <laughs> Not downhill. <laughs> it's going to hit me if it doesn't get done somewhere else. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I may have to steal that. <laughs> um, Um, You just made me think of of something I've never asked anyone before, because you said you're very focused on the quality client. Have you ever had to, you know, once you've been introduced to a client or or, or didn't talking to a client, have you ever had to say, I just don't think this is going to work out between us? Oh, I try to 
catch that in the very beginning. Absolutely. Yeah. We, yeah, it's a, it's a two way when we work to yeah. onboard a client, it's a two way street. Like, you know, they, they vet us, we vet them um, because you don't get quality if it's not a match both ways, you know, and we're not, yeah. we're not about making thousands and thousands of clients. We're about having good reputation, uh, good quality, consistent quality, to, you know, across whatever. And so, yeah, the the goal of Hotman Group is not just a billion clients. The goal is really to serve our clients very well. So absolutely in the, in the, in the sales process, I, I, it's not uncommon to be like, yeah, we're, you know, if you're a check the box kind of mentality, you're, we're not a good fit. You can go find something much cheaper that will check your boxes. When you want quality, you come to us. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, that can be a hard part of the business. So if you were to give advice to someone who's thinking about starting their own consulting business or cyber, specifically cybersecurity, what is there anything you would say or give advice about? Um, just realize that there's more to running a business than just the cybersecurity. So, you know, a lot of times businesses will birth with a relationship already, which is great. Um, but I've talked to quite a few entrepreneurs that when that kind of initial client dries up, the business kind of dries up with it. Because if you don't invest into the marketing and the sales and the reputation and pipelines and, you know, all that other stuff for running a business, um, it, it does, it, it dries up. You're always like thinking three months, six months, 12 months, you know, down the line staffing. You're always kind of planning that out. I mean, that would be my thought is just uh, be very mindful that it's more than just doing the work. And, you know, the best successful businesses, I think this is like documented, whatever is when you have kind of your visionary person, then you kind of have your heads down person. So if you can find somebody like do it with, that's obviously extremely trusted and on the same page, that makes it so much nicer because now the dynamic of the two is, Hey, I'm the visionary, I'm the mouthpiece or, you know, whatever. And then I got somebody else that kind of helps me on the back end with some of this stuff as well to take on. And then that, that's a really, um, that's a really good way to operate a business. That's, that's, a, that's good advice. I, from my perspective, I could not do what I do without having had a co-founder. I mean, I, yeah. it's, it's been instrumental in, in, in how we operate that, um, that both George and I have been building this together and have yeah. that, you know, trust foundation, yeah. but a lot of people don't, you know, a lot of people do when it comes to specifically consulting, it's exactly what you said. They have someone who says, Hey, I'll pay you you know, I know you, I'll pay you as a consultant. And, and you're like, great. I I've got my, you know, but that's my launch and then struggle after that. Yeah. It's really interesting. So you didn't have that though. You didn't have the, did you, or did you, how did you get, how was, what, what was your first client sort of experience? Um, like? No, didn't really have that. I mean, obviously we're still around. What is it? 2016 to what is that? Seven yeah. years later. So survived that, which is awesome. Uh, even COVID right in the middle of all that, um, just had some good clients to just, just kept going through. So it was all good. Um, you must but, have recognized right away the marketing that you had to jump on. Yes. The advice you just gave. I have yeah. been working on that for the entirety of the time. And admittedly, it's not my favorite aspects of running a business. I just do not like it. Um, but it's part of it. You know, I'm I'm always part of business development because I'm one of the partners of the firm. That's not likely to change. But over the years, I've been able to get additional support, uh, which is very helpful. But I've also invested a lot in myself. I have 
marketing coaches. I have sales coaches. I've had those all across the years. And we have a marketing coach right now who is truly phenomenal. And, you know, as, as, as we've kind of matured and grown, as I've matured and grown, you know, we've had to mature our coaches as well. Uh, and that's okay too. But I, I think you have to always be investing in yourself of what you're good at and what you're maybe not good at or not as good at, but you can't ignore it. And so, yeah, it's, just, it, it's, it's continual. I, you know, I can never stop. Like I got to stay on top of cybersecurity, but also got to stay on top of marketing. I got to stay on top of sales. I got to stay on top of client expectations. Like it just, it just doesn't stop. So, so here's my main suggestion. You better love what you do. Like, I'm not even kidding. If you start a business, you better love it because you're going to be investing a lot into it or it's it's just not going to sustain. And I do love what I do. So I'm 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 happy to do it. I rarely complain. Sometimes I get a little tired and need to lay down, but I, I, <laughs> I love what I do. So I'll just plow through it. But yeah, I think investing in yourself and being realistic about kind of what your skill set is and what your skill set is not, and then go find people to help you and even just from a coaching standpoint, go find good people to help you and to challenge you and to continually grow you. Well, great advice. Um, really just gold. I have, I know we're running up close to the end of time here. So just have a couple more questions for sure. you. One that I like to ask everybody, which okay. is any industry trends in cybersecurity that you're sort of predicting or seeing for 2023? Yeah, the main thing I'm seeing, honestly, and I've said this quite a bit, is customers are getting smarter. And so, yeah, so used to be, you go back a few years ago, customers, they knew maybe to ask for a SOC 2 report, you know, they maybe knew to ask some questions, but that was pretty much where it ended. Customers are getting smarter. They're reading SOC 2 reports more, not, not a lot still. They're looking at questionnaires somewhat. They're doing like person conversations or interviews. They're getting smarter. And so unfortunately, some of these companies that have been playing this the security theater game, they're having to like amp up their game because customers are starting to ask the right questions. And so that really is quite honestly a trend that I'm seeing, which is really just pushing the envelope of the whole thing, which I love it. Um, you know, again, you do what you got to do to get MVP, but we should not ever be playing security theater. We should absolutely have a desire to be secure and, and mature in our organizations. And we're just constantly striving for that. And if we're doing that, we'll be able to satisfy our customers, but they are getting smarter is the reality. Yep. It's my soapbox. Security is also a revenue generating center. It is very much oh. so. It is a revenue loser. There is no doubt about it. Yep. Yep. So thank you so much for your time. Can you please let listeners know how they can find you? We are at hotmangroup.com, H-O-T-M-A-N, last name, group.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn, Sherry, C-H-E-R-I, Hotman. And yeah, thank you so much, Caroline. Always a pleasure to chat with you. And thank you for the invitation on your podcast. Well, thank you for accepting the invitation. And if you're listening, you can find all of our blogs and this podcast on Substack at the Security Expert Marketplace. Thanks again.